There are spiritual dimensions outside of our physical reality that affect us every day. Our dreams and awakening moments are the clues pointing us towards our identity and destiny. This is Spirit Wars. What is like the difference between, say, soothsayers, occult, Satanists, you know, devil worshippers? Is there any difference and distinction between them? Sure. The whole umbrella is the dark world. And as you look at an, an umbrella, it has a shaft that goes through it. And at the top, it has tines that come down. Look at that and think of the dark world. You have satanic worship. You have Satanism. You have black mass. You have the occult. You have fortune tellers. You have soothsayers. And the only difference between fortune tellers and their, what I call their cousins, like a soothsayer, is the ability to use different objects to tell your future which would be tarot cards, um, leaves, water, rocks, twigs, branches. Crystals. Crystals. Palm reading. Right, right. So, Just going into that a little bit because I've done the psychic fair rounds, some of the people who seem to be at the psychic fairs have this, I, I would say, a genuine sense to kind of help people. Right. And then I feel like some other people are there to make money and, and try and try their hand at something different and try right. some skills and, and all that. But out of your experience with all of that in terms of the psychic realm and, and um, you know, f- future telling, how many people would you say out of 10, just a general percentage, would actually be legitimately like accurate? I believe there's probably an accuracy rate, in my opinion, of four. Four out of 10, so yeah. 40%. Yeah. Because I found that at the psychic fairs, there were just people who were trying new things. And I thought, wow, you know, a lot of people are walking in and paying for these readings and you've just tried it. You just, yeah. you know, you know what I mean? And it just seems a lot because you're actually giving advice, spiritual advice to somebody who is super open, super vulnerable, emotionally and spiritually. I just want to put out there for people listening, you know, when you're going to these fairs, not everybody, what, 40%? could actually be even giving you something that's actually accurate. Right. And even then, like, is it like a positive, affirmative, you know, word of knowledge or affirmative kind of word of direction? Or is it just like kind of like cup half empty? Right. He's not the right one for you. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, mm-hmm. you know, you end up leaving feeling like drained almost. Right. You have to go back to the fact that the dark world has meanings and capabilities to foretell things. So we have people that are tapped into that, and they can be the 40% that actually have what they're talking about. My understanding of it was that they're not actually reading the future. They're tapping into a network of different spirits. that like they They know your background. They can have words of knowledge based on all these spirits that are monitoring you, the spirits that are watching you. They like Behavioral patterns can be picked up on. So it's not, not necessarily that they're telling the this is my understanding of it you can correct me if i'm wrong but my understanding was that they don't necessarily not actually telling the future but they can know things about you and because of the network is quite vast it's like trading information i uh, totally agree with you on that because they're tapping into an underground world that has capabilities to do those things 
They study us very well. They know what we're doing. When we act a certain way, what's going on? And I'll speak to what you just said. If they know that, then they know how to tell you certain things about your life. And that's just my opinion. But in my experience, that has proved it to be true. So you kind of get drawn in almost when there's words of knowledge that are being given to you, whether it be a what you would say like a psychic, a medium, a tarot card reader. Yeah. But then you mentioned a soothsayer. What, that sounds extreme. What is What exactly is a soothsayer? Well, a soothsayer actually comes from the Bible. And what it is is a glorified fortune teller. Like, a glorified fortune teller. Yeah. What's that? Meaning they're a little more flashy. They're a little more into the dark realm. Let's I'll use this for an example. Back in the old biblical times, the soothsayers would encounter spirits. And so that is the difference. The fortune tellers are going to plop down tarot cards, crystals, stones, water, leaves, tea, whatever, and it's going to tell you something. Where the soothsayer is more of a person that contacts and is known to contact. When you sit down with a, a fortune teller, you don't want to know what they're doing. This person is more upfront and outward what they do. Upfront and outward, yeah. would you say? Okay, we'll go back again to like, right, so that's an umbrella. That's just a branch of the umbrella. Right. And then you've got what you'd call devil worship. What's the difference between devil worship, occultists, you know, black mass? Like, would it all be the same thing or is there just a very specific difference between all of it? There's a specific difference between the two or the three or the four. In this case, it's all the tines of the umbrella. You can hang it underneath that. Devil worship is just that, worshiping of the devil. So what, does? do they sing songs to it? The- no, chants. Chants, chants okay. Chants, rituals. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, no singing. <laughs> just chants and rituals and things like that. But each thing underneath is representative of that. We have, let's say, black mass. That is a specific tool to encounter more of the supernatural. A cult is more what I would think would be an action. You're in the occult. You're doing things. You're like a witch. You're active. Right. So they're people who are like carrying out specific tasks and assignments and more doing the work of someone who, say, follows you know, Satan or is involved in that sort of sphere. Yeah. Okay. And then what would you say is the difference between black magic and white magic? That's a good question. White magic, we talked about it earlier. White magic is where you're doing magic or doing supernatural things for people, but it is in a good way, which is totally inaccurate. It is the lie. It's the same umbrella. You picture the time of white magic on this side, black magic on this side. Is that sort of come down to when we were talking earlier about, you know, people who are consciously thinking what they're doing is good and there are those who are consciously aware of, like, what we're doing is we're following Satan. Right. Like, it, they just have a twisted perception based on, like, their belief that they're doing something, like, good, but the basis of what they're doing really isn't any right. different. Is that what you're saying? Right, exactly. Because you have, and I'm not speaking absolutely of all people because I don't know. 
What I can say is there's those people who are doing things, thinking they're doing good, but they're hooked up to the wrong. Whether you're a, a blunder or whatever, you're hooked up to a power source. And so you're saying the power source is would be would be a dark spiritual entity, yeah, even if you're doing white right. magic. Right. You're so hooked. why would a dark spiritual entity empower a blessing? Again, you're talking fake. You're talking alluring, a hooking. Let's get you down the road a little further. And remember, Satan does not care what we call him as long as we don't call upon the name of Jesus. The devil doesn't care if it's white magic, black magic, doesn't care if it's a, a, a cult. It doesn't matter. He is diverse enough to say, hey, I can do all this thing and deceive you. And that's what his goal is to do. So you got to a place where you were practicing, supernatural things were happening. Is there a, a specific story that you want to recount at all? As far as nuts and bolts of the story, no, I don't want to recount it. It's shameful to mention those things. What I do want to account for, and I do want to make a general observation, is that when I got into it, there would be further manifestations done to me. Firstly, let me say that I invited these sins in. It was spirit marriages, whatever. So you said earlier they had physical manifestations yeah. to your body. Right, right. And you were experiencing that. Right. You and can feel that but touch or shove or push or pull. And you're also hearing what they're saying as well? Yes. And so did you get a, get to a place where kind of reached a crescendo or you hit like a certain threshold yeah. where you're kind of at, at full capacity for this all these experiences? Right. Because you take into account that I wanted to experience everything I could. Well, you can't do that and not expect a pushback, a payback. You've got to have an account what you've, you've done. And there's a matter what spirit you invite in, they're not there for your benefit. So there was a pushback, and I was like, I can't do this anymore. I need to get out. I'm in too deep. You know, the things are happening to me, and things are spinning out of, out of control. What did your personal kind of life look like in that? Because I've had people tell me in terms of like, it's not just a series of bad luck. The financial situation is just out of control. Personal relationships are getting messed up. To what extent were you seeing the manifestation of that in your own personal life? Absolutely. Um, I can speak first to the financial. That was a wreck. That was probably 50 bucks for being on the street. Sorry, say it again? $50 for being on the street. I mean, that's how tight money was for me. And that was going to be my best thing. And I didn't have much food. I didn't have much um, relations to go to because people realize there's something wrong with you. Something's not right. And then with my relationships, they're all out of whack. I mean, the people that I was with were supposedly good for you at the time. But in the end, they weren't really into it for your benefit. They were into it for those benefit. So as far as personal relationships outside of the satanic realm, I didn't have any. They were falling apart. You know, I had my kids, I had friends, I had relatives, but they were falling apart. And like I said, people didn't know exactly what you were doing. They did know something was wrong. They could feel something was yes. up, like a certain kind of frequency. Did you almost feel, because I talk about frequencies a bit as well, 
did you feel like your frequency was dropping? Like there's like a fear, all those kind of emotions that drop your frequency. You know what I mean? Because sometimes you have emotions that expand your frequency, like joy and feeling confident. Do you, do you want to go into a bit about that? Yes. If I understand what you're saying, my consciousness was mirroring smaller and smaller. So I speak to that as far as frequency. It was getting darker and darker and darker. And that is exactly what happens in that. I could come up with an example like a, the tomato plant grows. Within the garden, there are weeds, and a weed will attach itself to that plant, and it will slowly, slowly take it over until that plant is dead, and that is what happened with me. The same thing with bull constrictor snake. It will get around you and suffocate you, but this is what happened. And so my I would say my consciousness was very limited. It became narrow-minded. It wasn't broad anymore. It wasn't, all things are possible, or this is going to be a good day. It became a bad day, one after another. Every day is a negative experience. Yes. When you're going along this path, did it come to a place where you were thinking that enough is enough, like you had a kind of a crescendo moment, and what what was that crescendo moment for you? I did. I, I had that moment when I said, enough is enough. I can't take this anymore. And I was at a point also of flirting with suicide. Can I ask a question on that? Because we see a lot of people who get involved in dark spiritual entities in that world. They have this statement that Satan's coming after them. Satan's going to kill them. Is it true that these dark spiritual entities actually can, they, do they have the power to actually kill you? Or is it a human choice? And that, I believe, in the, again, my own experience, is a human choice. They can't kill what God has created without his approval. That's, again, my opinion. So they're just trying to influence and sway your thinking. Yeah, God comes back down to a gigantic lie. How can I confuse you and make you do something that you don't want to do? And you're in this place where you're contemplating these kind of thoughts, so... These spiritual entities are giving you these thoughts almost. Oh, yes. They're fanning the frames. What was your sleep looking like? Like, what does is, what is dreams look like at this point in time? Sleep was non-existent, really. I mean, after I caught a little bit of sleep, I was doing good. But it just didn't happen, you know. And my dreams were terror. They were tormented. Instead of feeling the power that I used to feel, I was being hunted in my dreams. I've been tortured. I was seeing things in the dark world that I didn't like and things that were more than I could take. Um, I talk about dreams a lot in a lot of the other videos that I do. I talk about, you know, obviously being pursued and chased in dreams. Obviously, your dreams have gotten to the point where you're not just being chased. You're, you're in it like it's like a very experiential situation. So... Were you fearing like almost like the fulfillment of these dreams or like were you feeling like is any of this energy from the dream coming into real life? Because it can sometimes seem so real, some of the dreams that people have. They seemed absolutely real to me. I think it was a culmination of what I had ordered into my life and it was bad. I look at now the picture of my life and there wasn't a point where I could say, yeah, but this was good. At this point in my life, it all began to turn bad, and the 
Hasha Karge was falling. So you're just getting less and less hope. There's more of like a just a... Yeah. And what I can say is when we would encounter what we considered Satan or the devil, that became a prevailing feeling for me, like you were just talking about. That feeling of hopelessness, discouragement, you would never be good. It was never going to be good again. You have nowhere to go. You're all alone. You're desperate. All those thoughts came into my mind and kept circling and circling until I was just about nuts. That is another what I consider a cousin of this. When you go into that, your mental capacity becomes really screwed up. You hear things that other people don't hear. You do things that you should not be doing. You talk violently and out loud. You do all these things, consider mental illness. But all those things can happen too. And it's like what I consider, that's just my opinion, as a cousin to that. So what would be your advice in the situation if there's people listening who have terrible nightmares, being chased and they're being pursued um, by dark spiritual entities and, again, like there's this feeling of impending doom? Hmm. What, what would you say to younger people from your perspective? Um, I would say two things. Number one, if you're in this position, you know you're not right. You know something's wrong. You might not know what it is, but you know it's wrong. So the first thing you need to do is come to the grip that I need out of this. That's your first thing, I need out of this. And if you do that, then you can take the next step. Because for me, it was a step-by-step process. I did not wake up one day and bang, I was healed set free, and put on a path of prosperity. That didn't happen. What happened was day after day, hour after hour, walking out of this hell, which it was, and God in his mercy said to me, give me one more day, give me another day. You understand that I had turned my life around at that but there were still many days and nights when I went through things fairly tormented because I had to work out everything that I invited in. And you can't just reverse that because it's like you've changed sides. You've changed allegiances. Okay, so sorry, we'll just go back a bit. That was great. That was so brave. And I think people encouraged by that. What was your way out? What was your first step? My first step was... What actually happened for you to take the first step? Because you're talking about the thoughts. What happened was I knew that I wanted out. And I made that up in my own mind. Because yeah, I got to understand, at that point, I wasn't thinking. But I did know that what I experienced when I was younger had enough validity that I needed to try it again. And I did give it a really good shot because this was probably going to be my last attempt to get right. So what I did was I turned my life back to Jesus. He didn't have to take me back. I uh, turned my back on him, but he never turned my back on me. He was the one telling me, give me another day. If you don't like what I do, go back to what you want to do, but I'm going to turn your life around. That in itself was a power I was looking for. And even though I didn't know it at the time, I walked through this and I found that power. When you go to a jeweler, 
you ask for a diamond to see. Put on the table a black felt mat. And the razor does that is when it comes to you put the diamond on there. The contrast of the two is the control is going to show the brilliance of that diamond, how beautiful it is. That was my relationship with now Jesus. I went through that dark time because he put himself on that black mat for to show me how brilliant and wonderful he is that I couldn't do on myself because I tried on myself. And now he's done that. And he's shown me the contrast in the two worlds. Because you say you talked about seeing and sensing and experiencing the dark spiritual entities. Did you have any experiences with good? Like, did you see Jesus? Did you see angels? Oh, I see what you get. Yes. Because, like, sometimes you hear about people who they can see all the dark spiritual entities, but there's also a balance. Right. You're seeing all the spiritual realm and what's available. So did you ever see anything of that nature? Yes. And I'm just going to be really honest with you. And this is a vulnerable time for me to say this because it's very important and close to my heart. When I was in one of the lowest times of my life, I felt as in hell. And I could see hell. And I was there. I was there with the demons that I invited in, my spirit marriages. And I felt the devil himself. Even though I didn't see him, I felt that desperateness that you can't ever escape. And all of a sudden, when I'm crying out, because I cried out many times on my bed, the door flung open. In walked this brightness that I couldn't describe. Could I see a face? Could I see a body? No. But I knew in my heart it was Jesus Christ. And he walked over to me, happened to stand up, put his arm around me, and he said these words. Scott, let's get out of here. You don't belong here with these bozos. And that spoke the confidence I had in him to say, wow, you had this all under control. Even I want to how, because now I see you for what you really are. Wow. So that was the path out and gave you the confidence to keep going one day at a time. Right. And that uh, particular path, situation I saw, I'll never forget. And how long was the journey from that encounter to where you are now, like Every day, taking one day at a time, week at a time, month at a time, how long has that journey been? It's been um, an hour to a day to a week to months, and then one to years. Because my time in the dark world was about six years. Now, I'm through it. I'm on the other side. And I, I can say in the past three months, God is restoring me and giving me back the things that Satan has stolen from me. And all he could do that. So it's been quite the adventure. Now it's not an adventure of darkness. It's an adventure of light and how I can become closer. We really appreciate you sharing a lot of the personal stories and moments that you've gone through and just sharing the hardships as well. So we want to thank you and honor you for that. And we hope that whoever's listening that you have listened to this and you would take this to heart because there's a lot to learn from these situations that we don't have to make mistakes to find good. We can always be on a path where building and building up to something good. So I want to thank you, Scott, for sharing that and encouraging us with that story. And I just love the ending. Thank you for letting me be here. Sorry, it's not the end. It's the beginning. Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely.